welcome to Barley Talking Politics. Barley Talking Politics. Episode number 30. That's a trace zero. Or trenta. Trenta, as they say in some countries. Yeah. Um, so we are taking a break from watching the World Cup, or Jared is. And, Ooh, uh... <laughs> it's so good this year. So good this year. Four years of just waiting for this gold amazingness. Final countdown. We can talk about that actually all day. We've been barely talking everything except soccer. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Brandon's not here. Not because he's watching the World Cup. He's got some family stuff, so he couldn't make it. Yeah, but... we tried to hold out for him, but uh, you know what? The podcast. The beer and the politics couldn't wait. Yeah, there's too much going on. So, speaking of too much going on, Jared's beer turn had an amazing idea. And um, he brought all these different beers to sample, and I'm so excited to jump right in. Yes. Um, what uh, What do you got going on for us today, man? Well, yeah, um, you know, I, as you mentioned, I am sad that uh, Brandon is not a part of this podcast today, but I took advantage of it as well. <laughs> as you know, you've been listening. Brandon has a certain um, aversion, aversion <laughs> on the same, same page on that one, to fruit beers. Uh, they're not beers to him, and uh, especially maybe if they're coffee, even though they're not beers to him either. So I saw something in the story the other day that disturbed me, and uh, Bud Light, popular one on our show, um, <laughs> Bud Light Orange is a new thing, apparently. And I thought, wow, you know what? Bud Light wouldn't be doing this unless like, like they're trying to kill an industry. And so... Uh, <laughs> I noticed there have been a ton of orange-themed beers out there, like, everywhere. So I was like, uh, instead of doing, we did the Bud Light Lime Challenge with uh, Sequin Chill, uh, and I figured, instead of doing just a one-off, let's do, let's have flights. We never do flights. These are oversized flights, so I, do. <laughs> I decided a little crazy, got a six-pack, and uh, of all orange-flavored-themed beers. Mm-hmm. And so today, we will be... Uh, trying all of these together against the Bud Light Orange and see if Bud Light Orange can crush the competition as it usually does with its flavor infusions. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So we have uh, uh, several with us, so uh, uh, we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. I'll do a quick little run-through of the names. We've got a Boulder Beer Pulp Fusion. Uh, he has a nice little orange on there. We have uh, the Brew Free or Die Brewery yeah. with a Blood Orange IPA, uh, 7%. We got Chasing Tail, Orange Golden Ale. I think it must be Golden Orange Ale, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, then we have uh, uh, Winta. Is that how you would? U I N T A. Winta, yeah. U I N T A. Winta. Winta Brewing Company. That's the Tangerine Hot Nosh IPA. So we have another IPA on our hands. And uh, this one I'm looking forward to. We got another dogfish head, a favorite here on Barley Tucker Politics. <laughs> um, and this one's a flesh and blood IPA, Indian Pale Ale. We're just sticking with the IPAs here. Uh, juicy. And then the main event, we have the Bud Light Orange. <laughs> and then underneath the it says uh, brewed with real orange peels. <laughs> So I don't even know if there's orange in this. <laughs> they just put a bunch Heels. of they just put a Heel bunch of shavings in the, in the barrels <laughs> and hope for the best. So yeah, uh, further ado, Andrew, what, which way do you want to start? You want to start with the main event? Oh uh, yeah, we can start with the the, okay. the contender, All right. the Bud Light oh, Orange. Orange, it's not Bud Light Lime. Well, yeah, okay. I was like, why do I want to say lime? Oh, because you're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. One of six. <laughs> 
It tastes like orange soda. soda. Yeah, it's, it, it just smells tastes... like orange soda. It tastes exactly like orange soda. Keenan, <laughs> I do, I do, I do. He's twenty-one now. He's over twenty-one now. Yeah, it tastes huh. like exactly like orange soda. I should have bought uh, uh, this. The, that, you remember that, that not your father's root beer or whatever? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. an orange soda version. I feel like oh, it yeah. tastes exactly mm. the same as it. It's like an orange cream sickle thing going on. It's definitely not bad, but it doesn't taste like beer. Yeah, it literally like just to, tastes to like take orange a, soda. Take a quote out of Brandon's book. Like, this is not beer. <laughs> it is not. Yeah, this yeah. is dangerous. Like a little bit flatter orange soda. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Is flat orange soda. Because, so I, I mean, but beer is just flat. I mean, <laughs> Bud Light's just I would flat not beer. go out of my way to get this. Um. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even Bud Light Lime is more refreshing mm-hmm. than this. Like, it, this is just confusing. Yeah. Um, this does have a 2.79 poor rating on uh, the beer <laughs> advocate. Um, even though it was brewed in the good old city of Missouri, uh, people are not digging this. Um and uh, good heavens, this is a poor offering, someone said. Uh, I get the lime one, and it makes some sense <laughs> with the corona thing. But this seems cheap. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they just got it right on the button there. So uh, we're okay. not alone. We're not alone with that. All right, All right. so well, that was uh, move on. Yeah, I'm just going to drink the rest of mine. Yeah, I was trying to down it, too. <laughs> mm. All right. All right. Yeah. Orange soda, great. All yeah. right, so we're going to move on to the... Flesh and blood. I'm going to give that a zero right off the bat. Just, <laughs> just, just so you know. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on to the Flesh and Blood IPA from Dogfish Head. I'm looking forward to this. I see Andrew poured himself a, oh, oops. a very nice portion <laughs> of this. Uh, not me. That was so, on purpose. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I vividly remember saying, this is the one I really want to drink later. And it shows. So, cheers. Mm, I like it. Interesting. Taste the hoppies. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's a big. It doesn't seem like there's like a huge. Mm. I Does not. I don't taste a lot of the blood orange, but. No, nor do I. Yeah, it seems like it's a. I. It, it seems like a solid, middle road IPA though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely yeah. seems like it. You know, it's a, a seven point five alcohol content. Just so you know. The Bud Light tasted more orangey than this one. Yeah, so on the For orange the meter, <laughs> it's it's a ten so far, but on the uh, it, it just like tolerable levels, it's a zero. But like, um, this is okay. I mean, yeah, if you just told me this is an IPA, I'd be like, okay, it's yeah. an all right IPA. But if you told me it's a blood orange IPA, I'd be like, you're lying. There is some. There is. It looks like there's some lemon in there as well. Okay. Lemon peel um, as well. So peels are big in yeah. the uh, orange industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, why why throw them away? You know, this one is brewed with orange peel, lemon flesh, and blood orange juice. So they get all the okay, parts from yeah. different... It's a Frankenstein of orange beers, this yes. one. So, which is probably why... out oh, flesh and blood. <laughs> oh. A little Frankenstein theme there. Gotcha. All right, nice. Did Frankenstein have blood? What, what's that? Oh. I feel like he had to. I don't know. Like okay. a zombie, I guess. Uh, yeah, I never watched the DVD commentary. But... <laughs> anyway. so let's continue on with our orange theme mm-hmm. here. Um... Yeah, that, that was pretty good. The next one is Winta. It's out of uh, Salt Lake. So, Ooh, okay. so those those Mormons know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I tried to I tried to get some like from different states as well. This so, one yeah. is an IPA as well, so it's going to be a little a little hoppier. Yeah, so which I'm okay with. Bon appetit. 
I think I like this one better than the last one. They do. I bet you the. I wonder what the count is on this, like the BBUs. Um, I think it's a little hoppier than the last one. It's, I, I I feel like it's less, to be honest. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah, I feel like it's less hoppy. This one's seven percent. Yeah, really. Yeah, we're alcohol. Really but as far as I don't know about the. It doesn't smell like anything either, which is weird. There's no like hoppy smell to this mm -hmm. this one. Um, this one is a tangerine. Let's be clear. So, you know, tangerines are a little bit more on the sour side sometimes. Okay. If you pull them more. Oh, right. maybe that's the more of the bitter. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's solid. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. Yeah, interesting. So far, that's the best I would say. Yeah, same. Um, so yeah, seven point three percent alcohol content. Uh, made in Utah. They did a good thing. Um, I don't think you spell winter with a U, but you know, I hate pronounce it. I am the, it's the only thing that makes sense phonetically. But, you know, <laughs> oh. hmm. So yeah, hop nosh, tangerine, good call. I like it. Let's move on. <laughs> Something a little bit more uh, orangey for real. This one has a dog bouncing a half cut orange on its snout uh, on the on the can. <laughs> that looks fun. Uh, this is chasing tail. Squatters, Chasing Tail Orange, um, also brewed in Utah. This one's almost as old as us, since 89. Really? With a little lighter, only 5% alcohol. Yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's actually an English pale ale, so. Okay. None of that India shit. <laughs> so this time around. Let's try it out. The odor of that one was very strong. It's like a wall. It's like a, it's a, am I tasting wood particles? <laughs> <laughs> what does this taste like? I don't know. I've never tried wood before. Okay. Um, no more English pale ales. <laughs> if this is what they did, it's, I thought it was wood or nuts or something, but. Yeah. What is it? What is it? What are the, what are people saying? Yeah. Well, it's a slightly hazy golden orange. I saw that with my own eyes. This is a navel orange. A navel orange. Interesting. Um, it almost, yeah. <laughs> It tastes like like orange cereal. Orange cereal is what someone said. Okay. And I that's the only thing it makes because it's like it's not wheat, but it's not. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Very earthy or grainy. I don't. It know. It tastes like dried mushrooms. I don't know how I know. How <laughs> I, I don't know how I know that. Oh, weird. But it tastes exactly like that. I did say earthy. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bizarre. Because I was like, where do I know mm. that it doesn't, it tastes... It, now that you say that, yeah. I've heard other people comparing <laughs> that scent to this. It's exactly like that. So if we start talking funny later. That is so strange. That's uncanny. I would never have thought of making a beer taste like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does seem weird. Uh, their website is something to be desired. <laughs> Look at this shit. What? That looks like something I made in, like, for my I seventh hope it just grade it didn't load right. Okay, okay. Tech class. Gotcha. It's uh, still not much better. So, yeah, it's infused with, ripe with uh, cilia. What is that? I don't know. I saw that on there, and I just kind of glossed over it, because oh. I didn't know what that meant. Let's learn a new word, beer lovers. B-E-L-E-I-A. Mm-hmm. we shall learn um, today. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. an odd cookie right there. Yep. It's, okay. a, it's a type of hops. It's a type of hops. 
Um, okay. Yeah, interesting. There's um, another kind of weird hops in here, too. Uh, super Galena hops as well. So. Okay, yeah. Well, They're mixing it up, experimenting. with. The, yeah, that uh, is... I've never tasted a beer like that. I can say that. I've never tasted a beer that tasted like fried shiitake. <laughs> fried or dried? Dried. Oh, that's so uncanny that it tastes like that. Wow. Might have flashbacks. This is the one. Next one is the one. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, for both our sakes. Um, this next one is a brewing company I, I'm excited about. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the name of it. Brew for your I got this one for you because it reminded me of Rebels. And, um, yeah. This one's got blood orange in it too. So let's see how this compares. Hopefully it doesn't have any navel in it. Yeah, so this one's a 7%. Uh, alcohol content as well. Cheers. It smells like a normal IPA. Right. Ooh. Hmm. It tastes like an orange. It tastes like orange juice to me. And not yeah. The vibe you got. Yeah. I, it does. This is the most like orange. Yes. Out of all the ones we've tried, this is. Probably the best. Yeah, and this is also an American IPA, so not an English IPA. But yeah, let's fuck those. That one is weird. <laughs> yeah. That one is weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is pretty good. Um, 70 IPU, IBUs, and that makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, higher, kind of less bite mm-hmm. that, you, that you get um, from that. Cause I, don't, I don't get a bite at all. But yeah, definitely full of citrus. Um, yeah, it's very tasty and satisfying. I enjoy that. So drinking these makes me wonder about Blue Moon and like you know it's very popular. And yeah, I love it. I almost put it put it in there, but I was like, <laughs> it's just everyone knows what that tastes like. So. But I mean, these are all very underwhelming for the most part yeah. so far. Yeah. So I can see why Blue Moon is on the top of its game. As I can far see as why <laughs> Bud Light tried to capitalize on such a uh, a whelming industry. Whelming, <laughs> like, yeah, yes. Yeah, I people, yeah, I don't think people want these beers. Um, so far, I'm not, I haven't been blown away by either of any of these. So. No, I think I'm blown away that Bud Light, I didn't throw that up. But <laughs> that one is probably the easiest to drink because it, it's just a flat yeah, soda. Yeah, it tastes like what people want oranges to taste like. I feel right. like this, this brew free or die tasted mm. like an orange. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually, this is so far my favorite. Yes. Um, because it, I just like advertising to be, mm-hmm. you know, I would drink this before storming. White House. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if I we have one now. beer left, but if I had to rank them now, it would be yeah the Lip Brew Free yeah. or Die, yeah. the Inta, then the um, the Mushroom Beer, mm-hmm. and then the Blood Orange thing, and then Flat Orange Crush. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's finish this journey. Okay, it's a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of beer. I just uh, realized these, these are, are big flights. oversized flights. <laughs> Like we'll six the, ounce yeah, flights. Put the pictures <laughs> on our website. Um, here we go. Boulder Beer by Pulp Fusion. Another uh, IPA, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an IPA. It's a six point five. IBU's fifty, so we should uh, Not too get a little bit of bite. Yeah. A little bit of bite. We'll see what happens. So, oh, as you say in the German's language. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, Hmm. Well, I'm glad Brandon missed this one because I I, <laughs> I don't want to hear his. Basically, he is right. Beers <laughs> at this point, I feel like our palates have evolved from these uh, these these peasant beers. Damn it, Brandon, you're right. He's right. I like. I don't think I'm going to try another 
fruit beer for a while. This is a shandy <laughs> of some sort. Yeah, I've been on the Leinenkugel kick for a while. Those are it's good. Nice and you the summer shandy, man? Those mm-hmm. are great. Yeah, that yeah. I, lemon and beer, lime and beer, orange and beer, no. not as much. No. I mean, yeah. The I two things you don't eat, like, just whole, are perfect in beers. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the thing... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. It was uh, thanks. <laughs> no, it was it was very interesting. I'm glad we did this. It, uh, Never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm shocked. Not much I'm, great here. I, I am shocked that none of this is great. I tried to go a little outside the normal box of of things because I'm wondering, like now, like if I put uh, a Papagal Brewery orange orange blossom orange blossom, mm-hmm. oh, like, it would this? win. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, being around so many orange. Things would it also taste subpar, but I think that to me that's a really great beer. Yeah, but, um, and like that's why I didn't get like a like a shock top because like like yeah, we know yeah. that goes mm-hmm. down easy. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a, it's a little closer to this Bud Light Orange, but not anywhere comparable in any way for like a easy consumer beer. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say no more orange beers, guys. <laughs> stop because there were more that I had to really I had to, yeah I had to pick. I had to like pick and choose which ones. I mean, I you think at six choices you could have found one that was. I'm pretty decent. shocked. I and I did kind of like peek ahead and see like some of these are rated pretty well. Which one? Um, the the uh, dogfish head is okay, is rated. That one. Was rated I got well. Some left. Um, I poured myself heavy on this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bre- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking did. Thank goodness. Um, the brew free or die is oh. actually rated really really high, uh, which is good. Okay, that was one we liked the most. Yeah. Yeah. So that that makes sense. Uh, squatters, somehow. The mushroom one, yeah. I have no idea what they're eating up there in Utah or what they're doing, but that is not a good beer. It's actually rated okay. It's actually <laughs> in the middle of the road. It's very weird. Um, the one that's the highest rated is actually the Hopnosh Tangerine beer. Which, where's that one? Oh, the Inta? Yeah, the Inta. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not committing any of these to memory. <laughs> and then right behind that is the dogfish head. So they're like point, you know, like a tenth of a point behind each other. But mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, the Inta is not bad. I'm, I'm not going out of my way to get this, though. Like, it's... No, no, I'm not. It's not like, if I've never had this again, be like, okay. Like, Pretty much. I'm on the same uh, road as you. Yeah, I'm not, not thrilled about these choices. Uh, I do like the brew... I, I would probably get brew for your diet again. Mm-hmm. If I needed to, um, you know, someone has like a, uh, like a, a orange like. obsession or something like that, um, or it's a theme party for Halloween, this would be a nice little, <laughs> little thing. Um, and throwing a revolution. Yeah, exactly. Like during a 21st Amendment uh, party or something like that would uh, be fun. Or, or we're just kicking around and we're going through the back catalog of the, the Die Hard movies and we get to the fourth one. Uh, I'm down. I'm down to break this out, you know, or watch Live for Your Die Hard. So, yeah, um, I'm okay. Hey, uh, our guest taster, do you nod if you enjoy these beers? <laughs> she did not. <laughs> our mystery guest. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, that's that. Uh, the plus side, we drink a high amount of alcohol and we should have a very good conversation. So, I'm going to go ahead and slam the rest of the shroom beer. <laughs> And then things could get really interesting. I'm about to have a flashback. Is this someone's yard? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. 
Because I think that's my least favorite. So let's let's rank these really fast. Okay. And then we'll go, we'll oh, go from yeah. there. The taste is uncanny. It's weird. It's weird. Okay. Um, are we putting Bud Light worst? Or is the mushroom worse? I think the mushroom's worse. Yeah. That, that, it's just that's not a good... I just don't want to taste that in, yeah, a, in the, a liquid form. Okay. Ever. So, yeah. Chasing tail, squatter, whatever that is. That's... Last. Yeah. That's worst. Okay. Then, all bad. Let's make this very clear. No, that's not true. They're all bad. Then probably Bud Light. Yeah. Creamsicle is not something I really want in my beer. Like, I'm wondering what the... Like, <laughs> is there sugar in this? Like, I'm... Like, there's no... There's no yeah, facts. Yeah. If, if that was a soda that had been open for an hour, Cool. Sweet. That's what I would expect it to taste like. So that's number five. Yeah, I guess. yeah, number five. Then probably dogfish. Head, yeah, unfortunately, really yeah. Well, dog, dog, I mean, dogfish is the maker of sequential. It doesn't usually do well when we do it head to head with other with other beers, <laughs> other Bud Lights. Yeah, other Bud Lights. Uh, so that's just tradition around here. Tradition. So sorry, dogfish. You make amazing beers, but not today. Um. Okay. So then I think it's either the Inta or the Boulder beer. I think we just like the Boulder beer because it was the last one. We're just happy. So <laughs> um, it's such a blase beer, but these were bad. Much. But these were like unenjoyable. You're right. Mm. I think Inta ekes it out. Yeah, the uh, this is better than the Fusion. So yeah. Fusion gets uh, third or fourth, fourth place. Fourth. Okay. No. Yes. Third. Six is Squatters. Fifth is Bud Light. Four, three. Okay, yeah. All right. So. Winta. Winta. Second. Yeah, it's a runner second, up. Second, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I've got to give it to Brew. I think we agree. Yeah, I think yeah. Brew, brew, free or die. A, tasted exactly like oranges. Mm-hmm. To me, at yes. least, has the most wordy taste. Enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you still get like a beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful 7% alcohol content. You're drinking an IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, same your same for the kids. Um, but actually, it was pretty good. Like, and the IBUs are pretty low, and I'm surprised there was no, no bite. Yeah, no. Yeah. I would say that one's, if you see that one and you're looking for an orange beer, get it. Yeah. If you don't get it, you're not missing out, but, um... If you have to go to an orange party or orange-themed beer party, <laughs> uh, be the hero and buy brew-free or die. Yeah. You know, because, uh, I almost died today drinking all these bullshits, so... Yeah, that's uh, that's the beer review. We're not doing one of these again. Brandon, <laughs> you missed out big time on a rant of epic report. I don't even want to know what your rant. Was so be. we've done three of these without without him, right? And yeah, yeah. The one was the sequential versus Bud Light Live. It was fun. Then we did the um, the elephant beer, delirium. Oh, delirium. He was a little upset. upset about a little it. upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then this one. So we're one for three. One so for three. Of we need you, buddy. Yeah, we need, we need, was it his turn? I think it was. Was it his turn? Yeah, I, uh, I think I, I did last, so I knew it was either yeah, you or right, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my bad. I mean, I, I have good beers in my back pocket, like, but I, I didn't want to waste <laughs> that on just the two of us. Like, well, I thought your other idea was pretty awesome, but the, oh, the execution would have been. It would have been exactly like this, though, because my <laughs> other idea was because the World Cup today. Germany and Mexico. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. Very you probably had because of the three yeah. shit beers we just had. <laughs> maybe those mushrooms are kicking probably, in. Probably, maybe. Um, so uh, Germany and Mexico, uh, they they fought today in a, in a soccer match. And uh, I was going to do uh, German versus Mexican beers. But then I'm like, yikes. Like, the, uh, 
top quality German beer, even the lowest common denominator one. I, could, I mean, Heineken. Heineken <laughs> is even better than the, than yeah, like Versol versus Dos Equis. A fucking full bodied L. Corona. Like no, I wouldn't have put Corona. Corona is a beer you drink, like for sure, but. You don't put it against anything. <laughs> you don't even put it against Bud Light Orange. It's going to lose that match, you know? So, uh, yeah, I but I figured it would just be a landslide of, and it would be racist and all that good stuff. Uh, German, and, and then, like, yeah, Mexico won the match today. So it just would have been kind of unnecessary because they would have lost the beer challenge. <laughs> by far. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, that is that is that. So, uh, you know, maybe as the... World Cup goes on, we can actually, and like some like European teams are playing each other uh, next time we do this. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. I think it'd be like cool. Like French versus German yeah, could be, be interesting. Be cool. Like Le Fun de Monde mm-hmm. would win. Yes. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I, I think that'd be fun to do. Uh, maybe, you know, find some Brazilian beers or something like that. And Chris could help us out with it, possibly. <laughs> he has some in his stash. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, yeah, that is that. That's our beer review. It's kind of a kind of a long one, but you know, it's uh, we're changing it up, switching it up. I enjoyed this. Yeah, it was, it, it was fun. It taught us, you know. That's what does F stay away from. I, I mean, because this is stuff that we might have picked up later in life, like on accident. You're like, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, this sounds good. No. Now we know there's six beers we're never going to bring to the, uh, uh, to stick, the party. When ever. you're craving orange, stick with your blue moon. Stick yeah. with your shock top, yeah. unfortunately. And maybe there's other, maybe the other three that were on the shelf that you didn't get were delicious. I don't know. Possible, possible. But yeah, but, let's do a um, round two. No. Definitely don't do Bud Light Orange unless you just want flat soda. Or you want to be made fun of at the party <laughs> the whole time. Oh my god. Someone brought Bud Light Lime over to my house. I'm pretty sure it sat in there for like over a year. Did you use it for like a, a, a recipe or something? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And I soak my tofu in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it made tofu taste better. That's about it. That's about it. Oh, goodness. Okay, so let's get into the politics. Yeah, we've um, barely been talking about it. <laughs> um, so, so Jared is not privileged enough to be a part of this uh, wonderful propaganda machine that I get to be a part of, <laughs> but I get these wonderful emails from the White House, and uh, two of the last ones were really, really good, so I wanted to share them. Uh, one was the top five accomplishments of uh, the, the top five accomplishments of Donald Trump over the last year in his presidency. So one was destroying ISIS. You know. <laughs> this, so this is like a, a recap of his yeah. best hits. Yeah, on his, exactly. On his email that he sent out. Right. That yeah. Great. So destroying ISIS, responding to Syria's use of chemical weapons in conjunction with the UK and France. Yeah, I think the entire world responded yeah. <laughs> to that. So good job. I guess That's number two. <laughs> number three, recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital, which. Um, we can, you know, argue whether or not that was a good thing or <laughs> a bad thing. Um, Moabs, baby. And then uh, number four was withdrawing from the unacceptable Iran deal. Um, didn't know is that unacceptable or bad, but okay. Yeah, you know, the you know, economy's I, only gone to shit since then. And yeah, the gas and, prices have gone up, but whatever. And yeah, and before we had didn't have to worry about Iran having nuclear weapons, so that was nice. The rest of the world is responding to that, so that's good. <laughs> And then the last one, number five, is momentum. Momentum for real change in North Korea. At least he's being honest about it to a degree. Yeah, so uh, the historic Singapore summit, taking the bold first step to completely, verifiably, and irreversibly denuclearizing the Korean peninsula. So, 
Um, and before the talks, um, Kim Jong-un had already released three American prisoners and appears to have closed his nuclear test site. So those are five of uh, Trump's best hits from his uh, first year in office. So soak it up. Enjoy it. Um, soak it up. Enjoy No. Uh, I, this, these are, half of those are lies. <laughs> um, I dare say over-exaggeration because it's like... Isn't ISIS destroyed? We never have to worry about them again. Yeah, but it's like you can't... Of all people, Trump can't take part in that. In fact, he tried to, like, like uh, you know, all, all the stuff with, with Russia and, you know, uh, us fighting each other's uh, militaries on accident. You know, it's like, like, <laughs> like he almost hindered all of that stuff, you know, cause, because of the, the, some BS. They wanted to storm a Russian airbase. Like, no matter what the details on that was, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think that he's, he deserves credit for any of this stuff. Um, especially the... Like, I, I definitely want to talk about Korea for a little bit, because apparently they're BFFs now. <laughs> we had a podcast back in the day where we were making, he's calling a rocket boy. Yeah, um, that was not very long jabs. ago. So, no, yeah, it was just months ago. And, <clears throat> yeah, and it's become this, like, uh, uh, I mean, Trump's day in the sun has come. He, on top of making his first trip around the world as president, um, just to get to South Korea and back, uh, he... Ha- made the summit. Can we talk a little bit about this summit that they had? Yeah. Um, so are we talking back in time uh, leading up to the summit? Cause that was interesting too. Yeah. Um, so a lot you hear about like how Trump should get the Nobel peace prize and all the stuff for get getting us yeah. to this amazing summit. These are that, friends that multiple presidents have been before. They haven't really met face to face all the time, but yeah. not all of them. Nothing's happened, is what I want to say. I just don't want to make that clear. I'm still hopeful, but nothing has happened. Um, they shook hands. Uh, so, <laughs> but friends of mine who are Trump haters uh, sure. uh, still think that he, uh, they, they're really excited and happy that this has happened. And uh, I thought it was interesting that Jared Kushner actually ha- seemed to have more, much more of a role in it than Trump did. This was part of his checklist of things to do. Like, this is like, solve the North Korea crisis, solve, uh, I think, fix blacks, I think was one of those as well, on there. Uh, reform everything was one of his, uh, Jared Kushner's chore list as well. So this is, this is one of, I mean, he got things that, that's the thing, like these back channels, these things that we knew were, like, couldn't have been Trump. And like, to have, to have him taking credit for this. Right. Just because you're the... It's so... Did Jared Kushner's name come out of Trump's mouth the entire time? Does I don't happen? know. I no, don't it hasn't. No, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's like... It's, a team, it's a team effort, you know? And so it's, uh, it's just one of these things where... Because uh, I have pro... Like, people that are really against Trump. Mm. But they, they do a point. Bombs are better than what's happening right now. For sure. Wait, what? Bombs are better than what's than what is taking place. Like, I'm so I'm sorry. Opposite. Bombs uh, are. I was like, <laughs> sorry, that's what Trump. I'm sorry. I was thinking like Trump. Sorry, that's what Trump wants. He wants to press that button so fucking bad. So this, whatever's happening now, <laughs> the confusion on your face. Uh, we're friends, but I can't get behind that. Uh, Andrew, you know not listening. You know what if? There can be no no North Korea if there's no Korea at all. 
I'm sure that came up somewhere. Uh, but what I did mean to say is that whatever's happening now is better than like all the bombs that, are, that could happen. Yes. And they're right. Yeah. They're right about that. <laughs> True. They're right about that. And, uh, you know, and so that's why I'm trying not to be overly critical of this, but I do. And, I mean, what, what boss doesn't take all the credit for? for like, Good what, ones? What boss doesn't take all the credit? You know, someone has to report to the people, you know, like, uh, you know, you're doing a press conference, you're not going to list every uh, scientist that helped your rocket go into the air, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, it, oh, it's not like when there's a Grammy or a, um, a Best Actor Award <laughs> that they go up and they think they're... Their mom, their dad, God, uh, their whatever other things that are important to them. God. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but on the <laughs> other side, it's like uh, the moon landing, if it ever happened. <laughs> but, like the moon landing, like, you know, everyone's like interviewing Buzz Aldrin and the, the guy who walked on the moon, whatever his name was. Uh, joking. Um, it was Neil Armstrong. Uh, you know, but like... That was not their effort, you know. It was a team, huge team effort to get up there. But you, the unsung heroes, Jared Kushner is an unsung hero of like this this uh, triumph, which it is a triumph. Don't get me wrong. Other presidents have done the hard approach, the sanctioned approach, the uh, submit by pressure approach towards North Korea. It doesn't work. Um, he's tried something very outrageous and very different. He's lowered, I think. I mean, to be shown as equals on national television to North Korea is pretty intense. Like, I don't think Korea went into this really strong. Like, they didn't have much to lose. Like, we were the ones who had everything to lose. <laughs> yeah, like, like Korea basically made Trump bow to them. Like, their flag is flown, like, Equal, equally uh, it, in a amount of times <laughs> yeah, on that picture. Yeah, and that makes, that makes a difference. Again, because that's the photo everyone in the round world sees. Especially we, Koreans. Yeah. It's the only photo they get to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so it's like, it's just kind of like we're, I mean, this is what people are talking about is that I, I don't I don't mind that America's losing its, like, power and status mm-hmm. in America. I think that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But, like, to give it away mm-hmm. um, for, this is short-term shit, like, mm-hmm. that's thinking about. This is... To, to me, that's what it looks like. Um, he just wants to look good now. He wants to fix it now. He is the only president to get as far as this, I well, guess. Well, a written down non-agreement. Well, the other <laughs> thing that's really interesting is that part of his top five things that were awesome is uh, dismantling or you know withdrawing from the unacceptable Iran deal. What is the model for what to do with Korea? Well, that that was the thing. Like that was that was, like, the, best, the, that was the best model they had. It was the yeah, only thing that was working. What's the goal for Korea? Like, are they going to let us in to to do it? Like, I don't... Yeah, it's, it's all about... There's no accountability in this agreement, basically. It was a... It, like, as of right now, to critics, it looks like a photo op mm-hmm. um, that really makes Trump look great. And, I mean, really makes Kim look great. Likeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might get a McDonald's. So I'm sure his people are very happy about that. So, and then you have... The other aspect of Trump getting along much better with dictators than yeah. with... Uh, that's a big deal to me. I, I, I that was That's kind of scary. It's like defending them. Defending, and while he's butting heads, making stories up with Canada. fucking Canada. Yeah. How can you hate Canadians? And it, you, past that, I mean, it's like... You, the, that's a border we share. I mean... Uh, forbid they have uh, resenting 
motives and their and their political thing against us, and like then we're just give them a reason, and and all of a sudden something happens. Now that's not going to happen right away or anything like that. But um, these tariffs, most recently on our allies, mm-hmm. uh, um, even more recently uh, to China, which is which should be why we compete. It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense to me. But I know that's just. Uh, you know, echoes of the past, you know, and us trying to fight for our, our seniority uh, or power. We don't have seniority at all. We're like the youngest country of everyone. And right. so, uh, yeah, Trump, Trump looks good right now. I won't lie. He looks really good right now. Um, he's, to the world at least, um, he doesn't look too good. But to people and his constituents and people that will vote for him again in 2020, um, yeah, he looks great. And people are saying, like, what, let's go into what new Gingrich oh, because it yeah. pissed me off. Okay, so another email from the White House. This one's titled, Real News President Trump Doesn't Want You to Miss. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll go back to the other one. Okay. But the Newt, Gin- <laughs> Newt Gingrich one, we'll hit that one first. Sure. Um, Newt Gingrich. Trump has accomplished more than Clinton, Bush, and Obama combined. This is just the beginning. So... With the historic summit Tuesday with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, President Trump has once again done something astounding and unpredictable. Former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, right? Through a combination of toughness, boldness, aggressiveness, and flexibility, the resolution and amazingly fast grasping of tactical uh, opportunities, President Trump may have begun the process of opening up North Korea and changing history. Um... So, yeah, that's... Um... It's robust. It almost like he didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Brandon was saying that, that really probably the only reason this whole thing came about was because Korea's economy was sh- going down the shitter. And yeah, they're, we, like, yeah, running out no, of money. Yeah, no one can and, export, yeah, they import can't, anything. Yeah, can't sell anything, so they're fucked. So, like, well, I guess we better stop making bombs so we can have a good economy before the people overthrow us, like... Yeah, because it was it was inevitable. I mean, because people a lot of the, the what people are don't forget your thought. I just want to add like because everyone's like, well, he he finished. He found out how, how to make these bombs, so now he's that's why he's done. Which it might be true, but also end game will like coming pretty soon. I mean, it's like I don't think he would he was in a country where there'd be an uprising or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I mean, resources um, to keep that facade going up probably mm-hmm. probably we're running. Uh, from a country standpoint. Right. Yeah, so, um, apparently Newt Gingrich is uh, now on Team Trump, and... Again. Yeah. (laughs) I just... Has accomplished more than Clinton, Bush, and Obama combined, just by shaking hands with Kim Jong-un and talking to him for, what, was it 20 minutes? And a verbal promise to take down... They wrote something down. Okay. They signed Uh, it. And... It's vague. (laughs) That they're gonna take down their test site? Okay. Are they gonna? They, they've already done that before this, though. Too, they took, they they took down the actual facility. Um, then there's murmurs about why it was actually taken down. But they, yeah, like sure, that's this is good. Again, this is better than yes. bombs. Yeah, better than where we were with Trump and Kim thirty days ago. Name calling and shit. Yeah, my button's bigger than yours. Yeah. So I'm just like, what's gonna happen in the next thirty days? Is this a sine wave? Like, are we going, like, going to go back the other way? Or? And, and that's the thing. That's the weird thing, right, that even North Korea is willing to willing to walk away with such a vague agreement. Like, mm-hmm. um, let alone us, that should, <laughs> I'm sure have been, 
who did he take with? Who wrote this up? Like, it's it just um, my conspiracy brain think that this is, this is a bigger picture thing, you know, to where it's just uh, a ploy to set North Korea up to make them an enemy and have them go to China and then make China the enemy because they're affiliated with North Korea, and then that sparks some sort of um, altercation. Whether it's a war, I'm not sure. I think I think. The West is kind of over wars right now, but um, they can always come back in style. And so, you know, but that's my my thing about this. I think it's set up to fail from the beginning on purpose. Uh, I don't want it to. The North Korean people deserve um, a more modern way of life. Mm-hmm. And I hope that America can help usher that in without making the same mistakes they've done in the past. Um, make the same mistakes they've made in Iraq and, and Iran especially in Yemen, uh, all these places where we just, whoops, that didn't work out, leave, uh, and it turns into this bullshit, um, and I, which I, I ran, like, you know, they did it the right way. They, they played ball. They were ready to do that. They're still willing to do that with Europe, it seems like. Europe's trying to make their own agreement I, with them yeah. to help, you know, maintain. But it doesn't take away the financial pressures that, you know, um, Trump's going to put on them, on Iran. But they, then they're doing it to the whole rest of the world. Which also makes me think, you know, is that Iran deal thing that that blew up, and because Europe decided to stick with it and try to salvage it, why these tariffs are being pushed upon pushed upon the EU, just straight up retaliation. Um, he's very non. He's not really pro UN, really, because uh, he thinks America. Rightly so, in some ways, you know, uh, it pays them uh, an unfair amount. They do too much, which, but again, he wants to do everything. He wants to control everything. Right. He can't be a nationalist, and then, but still want. Yeah, to be America king. first, and then have like all the same. king of the world and stay right. around the world. And also, the, like, the only reason we can remotely justify our giant military is because we took the role of world police. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, now you're trying to you're like trying to back away from that, but still bolster up. Like it, it just makes no sense. So something's gonna something's gonna cave. That's why I think maybe there's a long game here. That's not necessarily Trumps, but some some fucking weasel that had this, mm. this plan, this plan, all along, waiting for the right dummy I, to get in the office so they could execute it. Uh, and it's uh, it's scary thought, but I I don't think it's that far from possibility idiot in the office, things happen, you know, mm-hmm. things change. You got Andrew Jackson in the White House, African Americans don't get land all of a sudden. 40 acres and a meal goes away. Um, just because of that, just one assassination, and you get an idiot in, in office, and that, that changes the entire trajectory of an right. entire people. And so, you know, we see it all over the world, too. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Sorry, um, New Kringer is just crazy. <laughs> that got deep. <laughs> no, that was uh, fun. Thank you, Alex. I mean, Jared. Alex Jones. Fuck you. Fuck you. No. And then aliens. I'm going to fuck that. I'll stop talking for a little bit. No, we're good. Uh, we can talk about other things that may be less conspiracy theories. Um, so, I Hypotheses. <laughs> So uh, I sent Jared this article the other day about uh, Netflix has been doing some uh, harassment sensitivity training uh, a la Starbucks, you know? 
except not with uh, racism and kicking out customers, but with um, the more along the lines of the Me Too movement and sensitivity training. So they came up with some rules for their employees uh, that uh, that were pretty interesting and you know debatably went too far. Uh, uh, one of them was uh, that you couldn't uh, stare at anyone for longer than five seconds. So that one's going to be an interesting rule to is that enforce. Based on a study or something, like yeah, is that, I, as I, soon as you stare at some people's, that's when the 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 the, 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 the V two uh, blood. You know, starts boiling, and you and you just want to commit sexual assaults. I don't. I don't. I think it's more along the lines of like from the victim's perspective of it's creepy to be stared at by someone, which is understandable. Yeah. But I don't know how you would force this rule. And I'm gonna be how... honest. Most idiots that are doing that stuff, they're not looking at your eyes. <laughs> I'm gonna make that very clear. They're looking at other parts of your anatomy. So I don't understand that part and, of it. I feel like if if it what I think really we live in a world. Of, of uh, a big brother, okay. Mm. Now it's creepy, er, to a degree. But I mean, you have people monitoring cameras all, all over this country, all over the world. You know, maybe it should be someone's job, like a secret shopper. If you really think you have a problem at, at your office, where you know there should be someone monitoring your work, your workplace, and if you notice, have some basis of a checklist of things that you. You find, uh, you know, whether uh, shoulder rubs, eye contact, improper things, and you take that person aside privately, and you, yeah, it's HR. like a metric, it's like a metric you need to, you need to follow, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for your personal con conduct as a, as a person working for this company, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's great. That would be great. I think that's not being talked about, like, just, you, you, someone should be monitoring these people. Yes, H it should be a part of HR, but like to make it this like public spectacle like you can't look into someone's irises for for so long we'll, we'll go, go down the list because some of them are valid so the other another one was like you can't ask for a co-worker's number um which i mean i could see like where that stems from but a lot of times it's very convenient to have someone's number that you work with if not for to, to talk about work or not talk about work, but not necessarily of a sexually motivated, you know, reasoning. There's some, some, so, there's some offices that I've worked for in the past that just give you, they, it's like part of your welcome packet. Yeah, here's, here's everyone's phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so how do you, how do you fight that? Right. So another one they had was that you're not allowed to ask out someone more than once. Okay, so I saw obviously more validity to that. Like, if you don't want to be at work and like every day, this one guy's like, "Hey, we should go out and get drinks," um, and you know, let's hook up outside of work, let's meet up. So I see how that would be annoying um, and harassment. Uh, but the five seconds or not being allowed to ask for someone's number—I um, don't know. I I just it seemed like the whole movement going too far. And you know, is there? Is there a point where it becomes detrimental to the movement? Like, with the Aziz Ansari thing, like, a lot of people were talking about, like, to bring it into Netflix, like, he has the Master of None show on Netflix, and that, um, a lot of people criticize that that piece that came out on Babe was a, kind of brought the movement back and, and didn't help it. So, it's interesting to see, you know, are we, are we going too far? Are we not going far enough? So, yeah, I mean, but like there's, there's, 
we're 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 a prude country, we're, like for sure. Yeah. Like when it comes to our entertainment, and we're and we're like, uh, but I but we're not that prude. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, like there's like we're getting to this point because right now it's like you, you can you can destroy anyone's career by just saying anything. And some of them have disproved, but some of those disproved things, like I haven't seen it. Aziz Ansari since that happened. Like, I, he's been Yeah, nowhere. he's been underground. Yeah, you know, unfortunately. I mean, you know, it, it sucks. And that's, you know, I think everyone's pretty much on the side, but, like, his reputation's damaged. But, like, this is where we're going. So I read this article one day, and it was about, uh, you know, we were talking about China here. Uh, just, and a, a man sues Chinese actress for her intense stare through his television. She was too seductive. Through the through the TV, mm-hmm. and he thought that that was too uh, you know made his house impure, and which they take this stuff pretty seriously there. Mm-hmm. And like he had a case, like this went like it wasn't dismissed oh. or anything like that. Like I mean, if it, and it comes to the point, like well, if you're thinking that way, then you, there's a that's a problem with you, right? Um, I don't necessarily want to say that like. I mean, because what, what the company's trying to do is, like, give people the responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, people are that fucking responsible. And you're talking about their job. Like, I... I've always thought as, like, bonding with your coworkers as, like, the escape during your during your eight hours or however mm-hmm. long shift that you're... And, that, and now that... Now they take so much away at these jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you're... Now you're taking away the human interaction. Mm-hmm. I don't... That... that I mean, we all have that creepy coworker. Oh yeah, we're we're two guys talking about this, so it's a little unfair. But like, it, we, we have all that creepy coworker. We have that girl who gossips too much. That guy that tells everyone's business. The two same things. It's gossip either way. Now you know, and they could be either sex. It could be they come from everywhere. But like, you, that's your job, and you, you you shake it off. Yes, you spend most of your life there. But I just feel like like is that not human nature to have issues with each other and then and why is that being limited why isn't there being more protocol to deal with these problems necessarily rules to prevent them they're going to happen it's like it's you know you're literally trying to stop people from being their normal human selves Mm -hmm. now if you don't want that part of your culture you got to deal with that on an individual level what they're trying to do is like blanket you know I just, I, I don't see how a rule makes people be respectful. Like, that's, like, the underlying issue is that... Just, like, this, like, sensitivity training that isn't going to change a, a racist mind. All race. It might, it might, though. But if this isn't training. This is, like, a, this is, like, a straight-up, um, 1984 status, like, like, doctrine that they're, they're trying to... This is the beginning, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. To me, that's, that's how it feels. Um, I see what they're doing. What they're doing is right direction. But I think there's a better way to do it. You're, you're also still putting it in like the individual's hands. I don't think that's shouldn't be another thing they should have to worry about. As yeah. I'm doing my regular job and I'm going to be wrongly accused for, of of, uh, of well, you're fired because I I had to take my home my work home with me and I needed someone's number to like. You know, so I got it from someone who had their number, and now I'm getting fired because I didn't oh, yeah, get permission. Oh, yeah, people. That happens all the time. Like, yeah. hey, do you have someone's number? Yeah, here you go. Like, 
it's for work. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, that might not be the most responsible thing to do, but it's like, it's a pretty natural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Natural thing to do. Natural thing to do. <laughs> this is unnatural, what they're, what they're doing. Yeah, I don't not know. Not look at you for five, for more than five seconds. Yeah, so the, I mean, the employees have been having some fun with it, and they had, like, staring contests with each other, <laughs> like, yeah. look away yeah, at the count of five, five. <laughs> so they don't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it, it's, it seems like it's crossing a line in the other direction of, like, yes, we don't want Harvey Weinstein's, yes, we don't want um, Kevin Spacey's, uh, we don't want um, C.S. Lewis situations, but yeah, it seemed, like... <laughs> C.S. Lewis. It's funny. <laughs> Louis C.K. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't want C.S. Lewis. So yeah, <laughs> we don't want to read any more of those stupid Alice in Wonderland books. <laughs> I can't stand C.S. Lewis. Anyway, Louis C.K. My bad. Uh, it's very similar names. It is. Um, it is. <laughs> it is. When you're talking about acronyms. For sure, I understand. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't... I can't even imagine from the women's side. I, I try to think about it from time to time. Like, yeah, I don't want if to I'm sound closing, insensitive. If yeah. I'm closing with a woman at work and it's just me and her, like I'm like, okay, cool. Like I don't want like it must be uncomfortable, especially if you don't know the person whether yeah. they're or not. Or like if I'm in a parking garage and I'm work, walking and I'm like, okay, I'm walking behind this lady, but I'm not following her. Do I wait? Is that weird? Do I go walk faster? Do I pass her? Like what? So yeah, I do the I do the pass thing. <laughs> I, I, I I do the I. Yeah, I, I go out on my way. I go out on my way. I mean, I because, yeah, you have to be, and I do that not because I'm disrespecting her, like, you know, like, like not because I think that she's going to try to accuse me of something. I do that because, yeah, it's probably scary to be in, mm-hmm. in a world where you're really considered a lesser person mm-hmm. to the majority white male, uh, you know, ruled environment. So yeah, I try to make that as comfortable as possible, uh, as comfortable as possible. If that didn't come out clearly. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's it, it. So I mean, my my views on this that this is wrong. It doesn't necessarily stem that from that. I I'm offended that that it's come to this mm-hmm. um, because it's always been like this. They're just trying to they're trying to fix it. Something that's always been there for mm-hmm. sure. But again, like. I don't think the entire office should be responsible for that. Right. That's the company's job. That's HR's job. Don't make, don't give, don't, don't give, you know, these people that already have hard work to do, don't give them HR's responsibilities. Like you're supposed to monitor and see if this is happening. Um, it's not even also all, like, like right now, because they're so, so separated from these things, like it's always been on the victim mm-hmm. like, to come forward. And they're trying to change that. I get that. That's great. But it's going to go wrong one day. You're going to fire someone for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Right to work states? Jesus. You can make it. You can make anything. Like, you, you know, you could blame it on this, that, and press charges. And, like, a, because they don't want to be viewed as a non-safe sexual workspace, they'll throw someone's yeah, life and uh, people in the shredder. Yeah, boycott them. It's crazy. And, like, yeah. It's so. like, yeah, so I, I don't, I just don't, there's better ways. I thought what you were saying earlier, we were talking about this, and you said that some of the backlash... Um, of the Me Too movement that people were scared that men wouldn't hire women yeah. in the workplace because yeah. they didn't want to work with women and be open they're, they're to these potential of, lawsuits yeah. and, and sexual harassment claims. I mean, if there's rules as ridiculous as you can't look in someone's direction for five seconds, like, so, I mean, obviously that would be a little more difficult to prove as far as hiring goes, but, like, that's... Yeah, it, it's, I mean, 
you know, look, we, we live in a society, and uh, our society is not is, is pretty broken on so many levels, and it's it all stems from somewhere else other than, uh, you know, the individuals like it, like, you know, we we grew up with people like to play Hollywood, go to movies where the guys always machismo and blah 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 doing this, uh, but like, you know, I mean, women also weren't equals for very long. White women, sorry, we're not equals here for a long time. Um, I think it's just a, it's a systemic like thing. And I, our culture is just built upon white men just being better than everyone else. And there's resentment there. There's fear that comes from that. Women are scared. Some women overreact. Some women are fully justified. Everyone's justified in, in that fear uh, of, of uh, being treated like, like anything else as a human being in the workplace. Uh, but I feel like these extreme steps to monitor and self self govern. Since when are coworkers good at doing that? Mm-hmm. They're having they're taking these rules so seriously mm-hmm. already. You know, I, I just feel like there's better ways. I mean, uh, you have the resources. Netflix is making more money than a lot of companies. They're like in the top top five companies. Uh, you know, wise and you know, they I think they could put some pump some money into you know some other other ways, you know, to, to monitor this. But, yeah, to go, to go back, like, this all, and I think what I'm talking about is sensitivity training. Like, it's a, it's like a big thing. You, you had mentioned uh, Starbucks already. Mm-hmm. And so when we had uh, spoken about this, I was like, well, where does sensitive, because there's a lot of articles and a lot of, like, radio news about these types of trainings. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder where they had come from. Mm-hmm. Now... You know, really, it just comes down to the sensitivity training. Um, you know, as I was mentioning about the the history of this, like, where where does it come from? Because there's a lot of folks out there that uh, are doing it today because it's like they're just trying not to get their asses sued. But right, um, you know, it had to stem from somewhere. So I took a quick. We're going to do a brief history. Andrew, do you care about this? You want to do a brief yeah. history of yeah. sensitivity Go training in America? Where, where did it come from? So. Um, Actually, it has roots as far back as 1914. Uh, there was a guy, uh, J.L. Moreno, who gives a fuck who, who, who he was, but there's this movement called psychodrama. It's basically um, when you have folks of different backgrounds, white people, of uh, different backgrounds uh, coming together in a work group of any kind. You, it used to just be alphas and, and what are they called? Betas. Betas, yeah. Betas. And, uh, you know, but then you're dealing with white people, so they're all alphas, right? So, um, anyways, uh, just how, and so what he did, he was a psychologist, first of all, and he had uh, expanded kind of stuff that had already been previously just um, processed about the human psyche, and like, okay, we might need to teach people how to work with each other for, you know, that we're talking about, like, these big industries are booming, we're going to have to, like, your long-term thought about how to deal with this stuff. So that's kind of where it came from. Now, um, it, it wasn't given too much merit uh, until about the 40s. Uh, this is post-war. Everyone's coming back to work. Um, went kicking women out of the workforce and uh, making them have babies to create the big boom. Uh, not by design, but just by exclusion. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure that wasn't... Uh, yeah. And so, anyways, uh, basically, uh, during, during that time, uh, yeah, you're, you're getting people that you're having a bunch of alphas come back into a workforce, a lot of them with PTSD, and uh, so you have to take that psychologist approach of like, hey, this is, 
that's where meetings and unions uh, got a little more popular as well, because uh, you are you want to make sure they're all on the same page. And to get people on the same page, you have meetings. Meetings, uh, you find out what people's problems are. It's like a group therapy. It's crazy. And so, uh, now another boom, I'm just going to keep going here, I'm going to focus too much on this, but uh, during the 50s and 60s, uh, it's kind of where the training part of it, like actual people coming out and talking to workforces, uh, not only in the professional sense, but also in communities. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of counterculture movements happening, um, So, and that's kind of where people wanted people to fit a certain mold when they worked for the companies, and so that was a big deal. Um, as well, and it became a lot more therapeutic then as well. Um, so that's when you have actual HR, uh, it's their job to do that. Right. Yeah, people talking about grievances uh, and fixing things. We're talking, we're, and we're, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about the little soda shop. And, and you know, <laughs> we're, you know the, the corporations started you know popping up everywhere, and so this is for them. So uh, during the 60s, we're just going to move forward here. Um, this is really interesting stuff. If anyone to look into it but um, if you remember the 60s it was a lot more of uh, I, I, yeah countercultures I'll just call them uh, popping up you know you have a, a war about to start um, and uh, yeah people are just different now you have long haired you know scary <laughs> people uh, you know running around and uh, that's when this, at the sensitivity part started happening you know, you have people, they have, they might have good ideas and actually, um, in further research, I saw that this actually came into, uh, oh, you, you know about this actually by, uh, in a small margin was about, uh, the, the music industry, um, music industry, there's a lot of people that just didn't, <laughs> didn't get it. Music was already starting to become like a huge export mm -hmm. here. And so you have a bunch of old guys trying to decide what music to export and what the new hot shit is. So you got to start hiring hippies, and you got to start hiring these, these men. you got to, like, know how to talk to them, know how not to talk to them. They're very sensitive people. Mm -hmm. um, it's sensitivity trading came into play there. Now, when black and women started, blacks and women started, uh, you know, becoming part of the workforce in the 70s, 60s, sensitivity trading uh, went away randomly. And that became almost treated as chiropractic. Doctors and like the <laughs> yeah yeah it like wasn't something that uh, melded. You have to understand that as these corporations grew, these were mainly white-owned companies, uh, and uh, so what the sensitivity trait was more of how a CEO or someone in power is supposed to treat their treat their lowerlings like their their underlings. Like class. Yeah, like it's like it became a class thing. Them. Yeah, like how to how to govern them basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's almost the same thing now. Like, if you fast forward to the 80s, it got, grew bigger, 90s grew bigger, and now you have, like, these nonprofits that exist, and everyone has sensitivity training until today, where it's just like, don't kick black people out because they're loitering. <laughs> uh, like, we haven't gotten that far. Like, they're still, like, they're still trying to find a way to con control people's inherent prejudices. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Um, I mean... Andrew, I think we both we can talk about a friendship about inherent prejudices. I mean, uh, to not to give too much away, but like our our, our background, like I didn't I didn't know much about uh, people with pink blankets. <laughs> I assumed because of my very ignorant upbringing that you may have been homosexual. 
And I treated you differently <laughs> for that because of that. Like I bought you chips because I thought you were gay or something. <laughs> we really like gays. You really like chips. You're right. Yeah, I read that somewhere <laughs> in, a, in a Maxim magazine or something. And, and uh, yeah, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to you. Like it, it, that's that's how people think. So I mean, censorship. It's not a bad thing, but it's like a like it can go too far. <laughs> it can be misguided, and I think it's where Netflix is going. I think so. I think some cultures really value women and our culture is not necessarily one of those. Yeah. And it's hard to fix a culture with a rule of a five second lingering glance. And it's like, it's something that's so deep set in like, like, like it's something that's so deep set in our culture. And, and like, even in our religions, if you look at the religions of the world, not even just like Christianity and Catholicism, but even like how many female Buddhist monks are there? How many, um, like, even the religions of the world do not see women as equal, and religion is such a big part of culture, so it's like, this five-second rule isn't going to fix the heart of that, and I don't know how to fix the heart of it, but it, it our, our culture from the beginning has never valued women other than yeah. as, as homemakers and baby makers. Flag and, makers. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's the only, like, person yeah. from, like, America's... Like the whole American Revolution and the like, only one oh only she one sewed one. a flag it's crazy yeah. it's, no it's, other women did anything important it's unacceptable <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous yeah so so it, I think it, it's much more ingrained in our psyches and in our culture and that the rules like this aren't necessarily going to fix it maybe they're a step in the right direction I, no, I think we no, argue that they're not they're not um, but but I I don't know how to fix that cultural aspect of it. I also don't know how to fix the you know the racism cultural aspect of it. That is something that's deep in our culture. But um, I'm sorry, like don't... dropping a fry on the floor and waiting and picking up the four ten seconds. <laughs> if it landed on a on a, a just a molecule, I don't know how this shit works. But a molecule <laughs> of, of malaria. It doesn't matter if you waited one second, two seconds, or ten seconds. Like a ten second rule for picking up food off a floor. You're gonna get fucking sick, and so if like you're gonna put a time limit on how people are gonna look at each other, and that person's still a fucking creep. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, he will make. He will push that four seconds as far as possible. There's 4. no four point nine nine, and he will make it as uncomfortable, and he will do it over. And you're not gonna stop it. Is what I'm saying. There's you're gonna make no, that creepy. There's no. <laughs> There's no rule about drinking off into plants or asking people up <laughs> into your hotel room. Yeah. What my argument against this or... was before this was it's like, why do we even need this rule? Right. Why do we need this rule? Mm. Yes, you can answer that. You can tell me all the reasons why we need something like this, but it's it shouldn't be like this. I just don't think it is. You can't make people responsible for themselves. Lord of the Flies shit doesn't work out. <laughs> Never does. And that's what I'm just saying. Like, I, like I'm, I'm okay with... If you're really worried about it, and you're really about the culture of your place, yeah, you should do some unnecessary monitoring of your employees. They do work for you. Sure. That's fine. My my emails were monitored back, at, back in the day. Like, I, I understand there's... You make people act a certain way at your place by, like, just design of how your company is structured. But I feel like there's other ways to change the culture than rules like this, like you're saying. Like, it's not, it's much more, like, I don't know, when I'm hiring people at my job, people come in and they're like, your employees seem genuinely happy to be here. That's mm. why I want to work here. 
like when I go into other establishments like this, people seem miserable. It's like something that's ingrained in the culture of the of the job. Yeah. And, and culture and, never comes from rules. Yeah, no, it never doesn't. Does. Like because my store and another store down the street is the same company, so we have the same rules technically, but. You go into each store and it is a completely different experience. Like, yes. I try to make sure my employees are, for the most part, enjoy being there. And that's what customers and that's what prospective interviewees say is that it just, your employees seem genuinely happy to be here. And I, that's why I want to be a part of this. Yeah. So, and that doesn't come from making five second rules. It doesn't come from, you know, rules about lingering hugs or asking for people's phone numbers or things like that. It's, being a genuine person and just having respect for people and and valuing people whether they're women whether they're uh whether they're disabled whether they're black whether they're white and i don't i don't think that rules teach us that to to respect each person as a human regardless of their background and culture right yeah it's like it's much more ingrained in that and and yeah, I don't know how to fix that, but I don't think this five-second rule is going to fix that. Yeah, and we're, we're overgeneralizing their policies and stuff, but it's not like we're making it up. Like, they're, they're, yeah. they're doing this five-second rule. There's other things they're implementing, but they're all, they're, it's just all the wrong way, it seems. You're talking about humans here, you know? I mean, uh, let's start from the fucking, I mean, let's just let's get a little off topic here. Not really, because Trump, man, like, we were talking off podcast a little bit about <laughs> off the air off the air about how we just think like this racism is just spiked here in the country spiked in the country and why i mean things that it looks it, it is almost when you're watching videos and this is the thing that these are the, this is the thing these are only the things that are being recorded uh like, mm-hmm. you imagine the things that are are, are just happening and mm-hmm. you know there's no one else around and you know, no one's record, have a phone in their face. Mm-hmm. And that's the other problem. There's a phone in their face and people are still acting like this. We can go down examples, but it's just like, like, what, what's, what's the overall, we were talking like, is, can Trump be, Trump being president be to blame for this uptick in barbecue Becky's, uh, trying to stop barbecues <laughs> happening because of charcoal or racist, seemingly racist lawyers yelling because there's two Mexican workers not speaking English and the back of the restaurant has nothing to do with you. Um, or to the most recent one, what was the one I was talking about? Oh, yeah, there's the a... The, woman going hunting for... Oh, uh, gosh, yes. I'll say it, nigger hunting, she said that <laughs> in a video. And like, she lost her job and everything. But, like, like, I mean, do you not think this shit's going to get out? Like, you're recording it. You live yeah. in the internet world. And then, like, there's another dude recently that just, was like, is... he on some kind of sleeping no. pill? Because I heard that makes you racist. <laughs> <laughs> Roseanne. Bar humor. I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, like, you got a dude yelling at women. Sorry, women. <laughs> a mother and her young child. Oh, in yeah, a, that in one? Pool, yeah. Uh, because uh, he's afraid they're putting black germs in the pool and that the pool's going to now be quarantined because they've swam in it and it's like the, a, a rant like a big humongous deal about something that is so absurd that it has to be racist like there's no other racist for it and i so my point is is that like we're, we're trying to say like is trump to blame for this like because uh, someone that 
does not disavow this type of behavior, and he's had chances to. Mm-hmm. I can't honestly say if he's racist or not. He hasn't done anything explicitly. He doesn't condemn it. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, yeah like, when the KKK comes out and supports you, and yeah. you're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Like, yeah. more or less. <laughs> thanks, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might not use those exact words, but that's how it came across. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but we, we can't say that he's explicitly. There's stories of him being racist, but, like, it, I mean, as a, the public, we haven't seen it. Um, so I'm going to accuse him here but at the same time it's just like uh you know it seems like to be okay with it pretty much uh to say the least and so it's like emboldened folks to like be like oh now like the pc rule has gone away like they don't no one wants to be politically correct they just want to be themselves and now they're not even afraid to like they don't need to wear hoods anymore like they're totally fine putting their entire uh uh reputation on the line for these these deep seated it almost looks like possession Mm-hmm. Like they're possessed by something to 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 do this. Like, are they that upset? Um, I had to take a step back and they're like, well, when Obama got elected, I do remember, and I was not one of these people, but Af- African Americans, man, they went fucking crazy. They went nuts. <laughs> oh, I, like they thought they could shoplift now and they get away with it. They thought they could reparations, do bitch. Yeah, they thought reparations were coming the next day in the mail on fucking November 9th. Like, and I was just like, I was like, guys, like that's not how it works. Like, it, it's and and so I, I'm thinking it's like that. You know, you're only you're getting the people that are extreme and are low. I I don't I don't I almost said something that Trump says, but like they don't. He says low IQ all the time. That has nothing to do. Like they're just they just weren't raised properly or whatever it is, or just they're just fucking racist or you know because there's a lot of racist black people out there, and you know give you give them a a carte blanche to do whatever because like the president believes in this stuff. I think <laughs> they're doing. It. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Like what what, what do you if you, I, I guess more of a question like if a Latin American president, Latin Latin American president. Latin American American president, I would say that. Uh, yeah, liked it. But what do you think would be some of the things they would? I don't. Okay, so wild on. So like, I'm trying to put this into my own perspective, and so you, what you were talking about reminded me of when we went out like a week after the election to the oh, bar, God, and that guy was God. ridiculously offensive and racist towards yeah. you. Oh, Trump's president, you're not allowed here anymore. Implying that Jared was black, so he couldn't come to the bar. Um, yeah, that was. So really I mean, nice. that was like the week after the election. And I didn't believe things like that actually happened until I saw them with my own eyes. But, like, I don't think my employees think, like, oh, Andrew's Hispanic, and I'm Hispanic, so I can get away with things more. Or, like, you don't? I don't... Really? <laughs> they think that. <laughs> Stupid. I think they do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. And I don't know what, you know, things I would get away with being a Hispanic person. Um, when you were talking earlier, it made me think back to my middle school. It was in, um, a more rural area and it was a lot of really poor white people and poor, um, uh, Hispanic people. And there was even a division amongst that, among the white people and the, and the, and the Mexicans. And for me, it was interesting cause I wanted to get along with the Mexican people cause like I'm Hispanic, but I, um, I didn't really look Hispanic, and I didn't speak Spanish, so I didn't really get, like, into that group. Mm. And also, when I hung out with the white people, they would just talk shit about Mexicans to me, because I didn't look, I didn't yeah. look white, or I didn't look, look I didn't look Mexican, so I looked white Bombing enough. Good. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Bombing is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's interesting to hear, like, what white people say about minorities when 
they don't think anyone else is listening or when they think the people around them agree with them. So that's interesting too. But it's always really weird to be caught in that world. So I don't know. Like I see both sides of it. And if their president was Hispanic, I I don't know what I'd get away with or what I could do, but I'll have to talk to some of your (laughs) black friends, (laughs) what they did during Obama time. I don't know. It just seems to me it looked bad. And that's what, and that's, (laughs) and that's what some, not all. By any stretch of the imagination, like not not a majority, nothing like that. But mm-hmm. but like you know, it's like because again, like this this is happening too. Like there's people, I don't know, like Rob, but like they don't seem like they have an issue with the, or an outwardly issue. Like we you know, our, our good friend Rob, like I wouldn't lump him in the into this world of like these bigots and these racists. I wouldn't lump him in there, but he's a full on Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that uh, all Trump supporters are basically closeted racists. It's just like I think it gives them like this this empowerment though, like mm-hmm. to have someone that clearly is okay with their beliefs, not necessarily maybe believes, but it's just it's just a scary world to live in. It's like what a what a weird thing to put on put on your society, like you know, not all because it really like you're always like that. It's not that Trump made you that way. Mm-hmm. You're always like that, and like. Trump cracked the door open if you did. Yeah, like, you had a green chill. light. His entire campaign was just basically a xenophobic rant, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's wild, which make, brings me to my next the next thing I want to talk about: midterm elections. How much? Like we we read the news, I guess, but like I feel like uh, celebrities and like all these people that were so vocal during the during the election, like they're 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 not using their elitist and their, like, prowess or whatever, their, like, power to up the ante for these things. Like, it's a little early, but mm-hmm. I feel like voting more is more important now than ever. Even after midterm elections, you got, like, a year and a half of Trump. And so, like, we're, we're trying to, like, win back some stuff. What do you think? So, so that's always something I've disagreed with you about, because I feel like you're very against people who are famous and using their platform to speak. I am, I am. So, I don't know. I feel like it's more an obligation. Like, if you see an injustice in the world and you have the platform to talk about it, I feel like you are almost compelled to do something about it. And now I feel like you're talking about the opposite point of, like, where are all these people talking about the injustices and urging us to vote? Yeah, I am. So, uh, I'm trying to understand no, no, where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, no, where I'm coming from is And that, not call you a hypocrite, but in no so many words, hey, what, <laughs> I'm just I, trying to understand. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. I, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm showing up to vote. You know, I'm showing up to vote for the primaries. I'm showing mm-hmm. up to vote before that. Okay. You know, that's me. It's like, I got right. my shovel. I don't need a celebrity to tell me. <laughs> I clearly have a lot of people that need that push right. to tell them what to do, which is fine. Okay. That's just the world we live in mm-hmm. right now. Uh, what I feel like is that there's these, like, wounds that were exposed mm. in people's careers affected by being so outspoken against Trump and for Hillary mm-hmm. that because they lost, were they really, were they really committed mm-hmm. to that cause? Okay. Or was it just riding the wave, trying mm-hmm. to ride the, you know, oh, this wave's going to be huge. I'm going to just get on this side and, you know, it helps, it helps everyone, you mm-hmm. know, it helps everyone. If you're in good terms with the president or, you know, potential president, Hillary did not win. Um, but then you also make a lot of enemies too, right. especially Trump supporters. 
that like I mean you can imagine the, the like I, I work with one who's like a huge Trump supporter mm-hmm. and gosh like any little thing a company does something like oh gosh when Dick's hard like they got rid of shotguns like they did them. Or ARs, you mean? AR, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah ARs. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Um, they, yeah, they were just like done with them. That's where they go. They, ta- I've talked to them forever. They, that's all they went. That's the only place they went to get their stuff finished. Never going again. Um, and down to now, talking about someone's like music or, or something. Like that. I know one person doesn't matter, but you have so many Trump supporters. Like, are you willing to put your career on the line for your beliefs? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they are. I, I, you know, if you really think they are obligated because they have this platform, uh, where are they at? Because this, this is a time, this is a time, like, I mean, yeah. you're, you actually have a, something to actually work towards. Mm. Hillary was, to be honest, a gimme. Hillary was going to be the next president. It was handed to her. It passed off like a baton. And she had to get pneumonia. Jeez. Get the fuck out of here. She was just an <laughs> alien creature. Lizard, I think I saw a video about that. That's why uh, she had to take a break. Her cost her skin melted or something. But yeah, no, like uh, it's like that. The where are they at, Andrew? Like for real? Like I don't know. We've talked about this before, but I feel like the Democrats are just shitty at making a platform. Like yeah, the yeah, Republicans. Yeah. I can name off the top of my head like five things that Republicans stand Believe, for. Stand for like that are strongly like. Yeah. Guns, God, and glory. Like, the, there are patriots. They like. The five G's. Yeah. <laughs> Gutters. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, hey. Uh, you know, like, in, like got to lock down our borders. Yeah. I don't know why I'm talking like this. But, like, you, you know what Republicans stand for. Democrats, it's like uh, $15 an hour minimum wage, equal rights for women. Um, and racism, yeah, free yeah. choice. Like, okay, like what policies are we enacting to end racism and for equal rights for women? Like, protect the right we, to abortion. We had, like, when we, when we had the White House for eight years. Yeah, like yeah. what? What do Democrats stand for? Okay, yeah, like the poor and the disenfranchised. But, but what? 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 How, where do we stand on those policies? Like, okay, even immigration. Like, most Republicans. Okay, we want to shut down the border, build a wall, or we want to have, you know, legal immigration. Like, what do Democrats stand for? When it comes to immigration, what is your plan? Do we want, okay, yes, DACA, but do we want more work visas? Do we want to pass the citizenship? Like, what are the solutions? Hmm? Okay, minimum wage. Yeah, you want $15 minimum wage, but that doesn't even make sense across the country. What about the guys that are making $15 an hour right now somewhere else? Not not minimum wage. Like, what happens to them? Do they get $5 raise? Yeah. What happens? So it's fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like so, the amount of non-planning and foresight that they have. Right. It's like okay, great. On paper, that is a great idea. How do we execute it? And and you know the same thing could be said for for Republicans. Okay, on paper, a wall sounds great, but that's going to cost twenty billion dollars. You know, <laughs> and plus uh, repairs every year. Very and, conservative. And going to fuck over the uh, all the animals that migrate back and forth. But you know, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know, I just feel like Republicans are more concrete with their plan, and Democrats are just nothing to get behind. Like, yes, I agree with you, but I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your policy is, and I, I just think Democrats are shitty salespersons, mm-hmm. and that Republicans are like, yeah, they get you charged up, they bring up the emotions of it, and they get you going, and you want to stand behind them, and stop these bad things, and these brown people, 
and because we, we we know follow God and yeah. it's all very emotionally charged. It's all succinct. There's a plan. This is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna stop. Even if it's not a real plan. We have it's the, not even we a have possible the, plan. Yeah, we have the NRA. We have the Minutemen at the border. Oh, we have the yes. you know we have um, the people protesting at cl- clinics. Like we have everything. We're all set to go on all when these. You see it. Yeah. Yeah. But Democrats like what it like. We want fight for fifteen. Like, okay, cool. You're still gonna get paid ten fifty. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I, they, yeah, that pipe dream. And so, I mean, what should I say here? It's like a uh, you're they they're very. Uh, it's like there's no real thing. If, yeah, to grasp onto. It's like uh, this odd. Because like, basically what I'm, what I'm trying to get to, I was trying to make a clever quip, but basically, like, if Hillary lost on a I'm not Trump campaign, mm-hmm. that's all Democrats have right now. Right. You know, we're just going to not do what Trump's been doing. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work again, like it didn't work the first time. And it's, because really, I mean, on paper, on paper, Trump's presidency is fucking amazing. It's amazing. The economy is booming. And a foreseeable future, two years, it'll be fine until someone takes over and then it'll fall apart. It will do that, unfortunately. Uh, really, we're not in any new wars, you know? Like, I mean, we're, we're doing good on that. We're just kind of been maintaining these tariffs. We're actually making money. Like, we're, the economy's doing great because of that. He's the greatest civil rights leader of our time. All right, well, that's sarcasm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a quote from someone that said that. Like, I mean, on paper, every every metric that we usually judge someone on, outside of we just don't like them, because like, that's all the Democrats have. They really have no proof that what he's doing is detrimental to the future of the country. And right. that all, everyone that will vote for Trump has no fucking foresight at all. So it's like, yeah, you need... you. you I'm with you. You need these... You need some things. You can't just be one anti-Trump. You need like. There's no leaders though. Like the biggest leader is Bernie Sanders, and I don't hear anyone talking about Bernie Sanders outside of my small circle. Same. And I don't hear anyone talking about Elizabeth Warren really, other than yeah. I, like Cory Booker. Cory Booker. The other lady I can never remember her name from California. She's a senator. I want to say. Uh, yeah, she just it's, she but she just she just got elected. She yeah, literally like, just got like elected. Like those are like the biggest names, yeah. and yeah. one I don't even know her name, and. I just Kamala, Camilla, yeah, yeah, Kamala Harris, yeah, yeah. So there's no, there's no leaders. Like at least on the Republican side, I can name people. There's Paul Ryan. There's Mitch McConnell. There's this is going away, thank goodness. But yeah, yes. but like yeah, like you had Senator McCain, who's also going away. But like there are leaders on that side that you know. I don't know. It's just Democrats suck. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're not good. What they're doing? I mean, it's like yeah, we're, we're they're fighting for all these house seats and all these uh, hopefully senate seats as well. We'll see how it goes, uh, but and that's the groundwork. Um, to be honest, that is something that is on the people a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like what is important to us, we have to trust these people to like translate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I think in today's age, with all these like Obama made it seem like it was easy to like, transition into the social media 
And like Trump ran with that and has made it this horrible existence where he can say whatever he wants on social media and uh, the entire world knows. When before, I think the way that Barack was using it was a little bit more inclusive, like with the American people. Mm-hmm. Um, open-ended, not like these doctrines that Trump is doing. Um, my point is, is that like in this world of where you're so close, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's actually even harder to like get your word to the representatives that you that like you elect. Yeah. They're not listening. I think it's harder, too, for Democrats because Republicans just want the status quo. They don't want things to change. If anything, they want to go backwards. Whereas yeah. Republican yeah. or Democrats want things to move forward. So you're actually trying to build and create things, and that's a lot harder than just digging into the sand and, like, okay, this is our position. Yeah. We're going to keep this. Because, look, it's been working for all these years. Like, all we got to do is keep things... Everything that you have and you've achieved yep. is built off of what we've done in the past. And that, that's why everything we were talking about, like the next Netflix stuff, like yep. that's why there's a probably 80% chance everything we said about that is wrong. Mm-hmm. We're, we, don't know what, we don't know what this will do. We don't mm-hmm. know if there's a positive outcome. Like there's a, there's a really high chance that we're wrong and like these changes are progressive and we're just, mm-hmm. uh, we're just stuck in this world where like things are changing, this, uh, things were good here, so let's not try to change anything. Um, I think it's a natural thing to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I but I hope I hope we're right. Mm-hmm. But um, there's just a lot of things that Republicans are just so off base about. As a as a because it's been split into two sides, so I feel comfortable saying Republicans are off base on how to run the country, how to govern people, how to throw immigrant children into Walmarts, uh, things like that. Like, I, I, I think that they're, they're wrong to, like, keep things status quo when they have, a, they have the power to change that stuff. They really do. And so it's like, um, the, your argument's very sound. It's true. Um, yeah, being a Democrat's scary. Being, wanting change is scary. Everyone wants to get elected. Stay elected. So that the fear overcomes like the mission a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. So I think it is still on us. It's on the people, not necessarily you and me, but everyone that, you know, has a voice. Well, like, I don't know, like even Obama like had all this energy behind him and all this hope and change rhetoric and everything and the system took him down. Yeah. The way the system is set up, sorry. Took him down. I think. I think. And I, I understand that Obama came out of nowhere and didn't really have a, a background, and hopefully someone else comes up like that. But like, I don't know that Obama's like I don't agree that you know Trump is more successful than Obama, Clinton, and whoever else. No, that's outrageous. That's a fucking but, outrageous um, claim. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of things that Obama wished got done, like close Guantanamo. I also didn't like that Obama, you know, sent away more. More immigrants than yeah. you know any other president, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I'm not like Team Obama or anything, but I don't know. It's rough. There's not. I don't see anyone else taking up that baton, and it's scary. And, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and he had all the people support behind him. He didn't have like the majority. But this that. is why people get elected for eight years instead of the four. Because of, I think the the opposition. Yeah, well, you know, they're just like it. Hey, this is okay. The, yeah, the opposite. Yeah, the opposition doesn't 
take a chance. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just hoping that the the puppet marionette that they put up there, like you know, changes course, and that yeah, it's not about the ideas, it's about the face. Because really, Obama was just great at what he did. Mm-hmm. That's how he got elected. You know, he's great at what he what he conveyed. You know, and I I feel like that's why he barely won his second election. Mm-hmm. He did, and uh, that's the point. Like we have two years left here. Less, less than that, and uh, no, no, about two years. And so, yeah, it's like, like, when are, when are we gonna get someone in front of people? What's wrong with fucking getting someone in front right away? I, I don't understand. And you know, yeah, and have it be. I don't care if it's fucking controlled or you know, people are managing this person or you know. I, but at least it's on the, the people side. Get a barometer. You know, I think the census is gonna come out after the election, actually. So. You know, they won't know too much about the country. They, I, just, I just feel like it should be more... Like, the what my point is... Sorry, I don't rambling. My point is that, like... Republicans set a lot of groundwork. Tea Party, Congress, low-level groundwork to have this swell, to tr- have this turn into Donald Trump being in office for potentially eight years. And it took... Eight years to do that. It took eight years for them to do that. They were geniuses. And I don't understand why. I, maybe it's happening and we don't see it, but I really don't see it. I think the people should know a little bit about a counterculture going on. Uh, the counterculture ended with Bernie losing the primary. And so the fact that they didn't keep going with that is a little discerning. I like to know that we don't have any options mm-hmm. at all, let alone a predetermined option. That sucks. I think we got Oprah, right? That's the end of the podcast, guys. <laughs> Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, we're at an hour and a half. All right. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's, I agree with you. There's not much hope out there, and hopefully it gets better. <laughs> and <laughs> we're out of beer. We can't drink our sorrows away. We're out of orange beer. Look, you finally finished all your orange beers. Look at that. Yeah, I was getting pretty lit pretty fast, <laughs> so I, I, I apologize for any rants. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, Brandon, you missed out on some delicious beverages. You did. You fucked up. <laughs> you really fucked up here. Um, maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time you have whelming beer. Warming beer. So I don't know. Uh, keep uh, keep pushing forward for change. Yeah, guys. And... Oh, we shouldn't end on that note. I'm so sorry. Yeah, guys. Eat oranges. They're so healthy for you. Pack with vitamin C. Yeah. Avoid scurvy. Yeah, avoid scurvy. Hey, and hey, guys. If you have some extra beer laying around and you have eight all your oranges, throw your pills in them. <laughs> apparently, that makes beer taste worse. <laughs> If you have a flat soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, put some orange pills in your orange soda. Fuck it. Yeah. So uh, basically what we're trying to say, guys, is that uh, be happy and expect better out of your world. We're not at war with Korea, so that's good. We're not at, even at war with other genders, so that's good. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, we still live in the greatest country on earth. What metric are we looking at? We're looking at... Uh, Military spending? Incarceration rate? Yeah. All right. You're living in the eighth. In a country. <laughs> You're living in a country. You're alive in a country. See, we need Brandon's uh, optimism here because uh, <laughs> we're talking to two people who just think everything's broken. But 
We did get to drink some awesome uh, liquids with. Uh, great again yet? Oh uh, yeah, not yet, buddy. So yeah, I'm I'm done with this podcast. We're done with this. I'm depressed, but thoroughly happy with the things that we shared with our our listeners. Um. Anyway, so yeah, the beers were underwhelming, but we hope that ye, maybe the person out there is listening right now, and they're gonna come and they're gonna change everything. And be That's true. Got to so. be inspired. So, empty glass, click to that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> this has been a uh, sad Barley Talking Politics. Very depressing. <laughs> but, um, everyone, I think we're all much closer than we, we think. And uh, just uh, try to find a unification for everyone. And yeah. I think we'll get there. We're all much closer to the apocalypse than we think. That's not what I was going for, but and, thanks. Uh, yeah, I just think that we should all find shelter. So I'm not joking, I'm joking. Yes, yeah, people are amazing. People are... Why people are still around. You have tragedies, then you have these amazing stories in which we rise up and help each other. Really make each other better. That's all we're missing right now. I think it's a lot of selfishness. A lot of agendas, um, and a lot of complacency. We're missing a mission. That's fine. But with enough liquor and beer, and it's conversations like these that make us think, that's what helps you not be complacent. That's what helps you not be, a, a, you know, just a someone that's going to accept your society. That's exactly what we need: is people talking to each other again, right? And discussing these having things. conversations, talking about what's going on. What our issues, what we want to see change. Maybe we don't have all the answers, but at least recognizing there's a problem, that's the first step. That's why we need to barley talk politics, everyone. <laughs> this has been a pleasure. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Andrew. It's been amazing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see you at episode 31 next time. <laughs>